If you haven't signed up for our Discord channel, please do so at majordomamedia.com. There's a link. It will take you to our wonderful community. And when I say smart asses, it's a compliment 90% of the time, just a 90%. 10% left to be discovered. But um, <laughs> we, are, we are very thankful for everyone participating. And it's, it's going to be something we're using a lot more in terms of all the content that we have going on in, out there in the world. And all things Momofuku at shop.momofuku.com. You can visit us for, if you want to shop and taste our delicious air-dried noodles, our pantry items, available nationwide at places like Target and Whole Foods. And if you don't live close to them, you can visit us online at shop.momofuku.com. There's also a limited offer, limited run of hot honey and ghost pepper. Hot honey is delicious. Ghost pepper, very, very hot. Now on to the show. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea that we have here at the Spotify Studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a berry delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit Amazon.com slash Pure Leaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf. That's 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Drummer Media. Thank you, Yolua Tango, as always. We have a moif today, guys. We have Noel, we got Chris, and uh, we're going to talk about pizza today? I think so, in honor of uh, yet another Hulu show we put out, Best in Dough. I mean, when did we have time to make all this shit? <laughs> we haven't gotten Good a lot question. of sleep, I would say. I haven't gotten a ton of sleep, but yeah. Not working in kitchens versus working in media and doing everything else is a very strange thing. Because in kitchens, it's almost instant. It's instant gratification. It's instant sort of understanding of the work that's happening. When you make TV, it's a little bit, I guess, similar to a book, but where you make something a year, it comes out. This is, I don't know, it's different. You know, Mm. you make something, it just comes out later. You don't know when, it just comes out later. So uh, today we're going to talk a little bit of how that show came together. Um, yeah, I, I, again, I wish we had some more time between talking about Chefs vs. Wild and Best in Dough, but they sort of came out in the same month. Chris is going to talk to uh, Daniel Uditi. Did I pronounce that right? Daniele. Daniele Uditi from Pizzana here in LA, who's the head judge of Best in Dough. I caught up with him and I, I, I wanted to get to the bottom, Dave, of whether... He was a judge for a reason other than his charming Italian accent. It turns out he knows something about pizza, and it's not just his charming Italian accent that got him the gig. By the way, so I've been to Pizzana, and Grace said it's one of the best pizzas she's had, and arguably maybe the best in Los Angeles, although she hasn't had Chris Bianca's pizza yet. By the way, which I have had many times, so good. I'm so happy that it's here. 
I'm a little disappointed that the line's so fucking long now to get to Bianco. <laughs> it's unbelievably long. So, Chris, I'm just letting Chris Bianco know I'm going to open up Korean Pizza Kitchen right, right across happening. the street. It's finally <laughs> happening. And I'm cutting you out, my man. You're not, you're not involved. You're not involved. <laughs> That's and I'm not going to practice making pizza. <laughs> hey. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to open it cold without anything. Right. And we're, uh, we're going to see what happens. Funnily enough, he's also going to be uh, saying, I am not involved in that. <laughs> Nothing to do with that <laughs> thing over there. No relationship with that Korean pizza kitchen over there. But uh, I, I was in New York. Um, I, had, I had pizza. I had pizza two different times. <laughs> mm. Surprise. Surprise. And uh, one of which was a bit, we had a big Momofuku meeting, all hands meeting. And uh, I was late. This is how far away I've been from New York City. And I told this to Noel. City bike. There's these new city bikes that are uh, the new electric Gen mm-hmm. 2. Mm-hmm. Wow. My so God. smooth. Watch out. Watch out, everybody. They should just, they should not have made that because I am, I am, I am, uh, it's bad. It's a motorcycle. It's a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much fun. Um. I love it. I love it. Anyway, I was, I, I actually didn't have one of those as I was biking to work. And it dawned on me as I lifted up my head, I had biked the wrong way. Mm-mm. I had biked towards the World Trade Center. That was about 30 blocks the wrong way. It just dawned <laughs> on me. I was like, oh, shit. Because I used to do that when we were going before the pandemic and when I lived down there. And then I was late. I had now had to bike from World Trade up to basically K-Town. So I was late. I was sweating profusely. Then I had to find a, a docking station for the bike late by about 10 minutes. But what did I do, Chris Yang? What did I do in the morning? By the way, it says I'm like 10 in the morning. I was late. It's like 10, 10. What did I do? I, I'm already late. Well, I figured you, you figured, well, I've come all this way. I need to fuel up for the journey. home. <laughs> I'm late for a meeting and I walk past a pizza shop. That had just, I just saw this guy pulling out some Sicilian pies out of the, out of the corner of my eye. Mm-hmm. And I walked in and I said, Could I get two slices, please? Me <laughs> too. <laughs> you are, this is, Dave. <laughs> this is insane. This is like, this is like, uh, there's, I forget what TV show it is, but it's like, oh my God, my friend's in the hospital. I got to get there as quick as possible. <laughs> oh, but wait, should I stop for a snack on the way? <laughs> You're already late for a meeting and you went for two slices. I know, but I ate them. It was also painful because they're ripping hot right out of the oven. But it dawned on me, I basically ate a bagel sandwich. That's how I rationalized it. <laughs> Bread, well, cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a bagel think sandwich. about it. It's a bagel sandwich. You can't say, but no, I basically had a bagel. I mean, you had two. Two bagel so sandwiches. now the question I have is, why can't pizza be breakfast? And the worst pizza out there is the pizza, the breakfast pizza. It's fucking garbage. Yeah. Mm. The breakfast pizza is garbage, but why isn't pizza breakfast? This is the question. You know, again, you know what's weirder than, more strange than pizza? Cereal. You know what's more strange than fucking pizza? Toast with jam on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's more strange than pizza? Pancakes, <laughs> waffles. Yeah. These are all things that you want to eat late at night. Pancakes, I'm just saying, waffles. P- 
why can't pizza be for breakfast? So if I ran a pizzeria in New York City, I would be open for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Mm. And you would not be serving. We're talking about just to be clear again, you're not serving. Here's my breakfast pizza with locks and capers and whatever. This is not my breakfast pizza with eggs and bacon. This is not my breakfast pizza. This is a Sicilian slice. Although a locks pizza might be delicious, right? We know oh, that works. Great. Shout out to Wolfgang at Spago's. I order that all the fucking time. I'm saying that why couldn't you just serve pepperoni pizza uh, for breakfast? Well, 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 that's weird. Huh? I eat sausage and I eat bacon for breakfast. Uh, let's, Why let's is that take, fucking weird? Let's take this apart because I think the answer. So, like, anytime you've done Why is this, a bacon, like, egg, and cheese sandwich, okay, <laughs> right? But a pizza's not. But I've gotten this well, reaction all, before. All of the things on a pizza are consumed for breakfast. Uh, locks, tomatoes, done. No problem. Bread. Why? What, what's going on here? Why is that weird to eat pizza? Somebody tell me. Well, here's here's the answer I get back. Oftentimes, when people see the things that I will eat for breakfast, like, "Whoa, that's aggressive for breakfast," but like, why is it? Why are like a like? I hear what people are saying. That's a big flavor. Those are big punchy flavors. Not like my soft cereal entry. But like, what what's happening in the morning? Why do you need such a soft entry into your day? <laughs> like, you need a soft exit from your day. Do you need like a gentle bowl of cereal at eleven thirty at night? Why do you need like a soft ramp into the day? I don't yeah. get that part. Yeah. I don't get it. So you guys agree with me? I don't know. I love a, a leftover pizza the next morning, but I feel equal parts guilty as I do. Take the red pill, guys. Free yourself. Liberate yourselves. All right. Take the red pill. Do yourself a favor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stop dabbing that oil off the pepperoni, too. Leave it on there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's get into this interview with Daniela. So, listen, so you're, we're, we're talking to you because you are the head judge of Best in Dough, a show yes. that, you know, our company has, has helped produce. You are the... The, the pizza knowledge of the show. You are like the the pizza, uh, the, the, this, the wellspring of all pizza authority on, on this show. And I think at least part of it, you got to tell me if I'm right here, at least part of it is that you're from Naples and that you have an Italian <laughs> accent that legitimizes your pizza opinion. <laughs> I think those are my best credentials, right? <laughs> I no, come I, from I, Naples. I, 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 I'm, I'm only half kidding. Tell, tell, talk to us, for people who aren't aware of, of your career and history, talk to us about your life in pizza and cooking in restaurants uh, and how you how you ended up here uh, judging for us. Well, my well, I started very young, you know, and I come from a family that uh, my mom was a chef, my grandpa was a pastry chef on cruise ships, and uh, my auntie is a is a bread maker, right? So in, in the morning when I used to wake up when I was a nine, uh, we used to make bread for all the delis uh, in in the town, right? So you we, you wake up the day before you make the dough, and then you wake up in the morning, you shape, and then you bake, right? Two, two three hour proofing, and then. Uh, you bake. But while everybody was mixing, I used to wake up at 3, 4 a.m. in the morning just to get a glass of milk or a glass of water. And I see my whole family <laughs> playing with a huge, huge tub, wooden tub of flour and water. And it's a kid, right? It's a sticky. Yeah. And it's beautiful, right? As a kid, it's like, yeah, I want to play with the sticky stuff too. Why everybody <laughs> didn't invite me? So I was there. I start as a game, you know, as a play. 
and uh, and then ended up being my life. You know, I started to bake my first loaf of bread when I was around 11 years old, uh, and uh, shaping and uh, being always dirty <laughs> with flour before going to school. So it was there. It was my family, and with leftover bread. I remember I used to make uh, pizza, right? Because as a kid, tomato sauce and cheese, you want that, right? So I used to flatten this beautiful piece of dough that we fermented for so long. And my auntie was like, what the hell are you doing? We need this, but this pizza is good, we share. And the end of the day, she was the first one to get a slice. So yeah, my background in pizza is very, very, very far, far away long. And you've, and you sort of just like hit the nail on the head right there, right? Because I mean, it's crazy. You've you've been living in the states for more than ten years now. Like you know that pizza is even longer than that. Pizza has been the global food phenomenon. Yeah. I would I would say probably the most popular food in the entire world. I'm just gonna say that for sure. But you kind of hit it right on the head, right? Like it's bread with cheese and tomato. Like it's it's and kids want it. Right. Like, is that why pizza, like boil it all down. Like we have a crazy show now, best and dough. You're seeing all kinds of crazy different concoctions, you know, pizza is everywhere, but like, is it because at the bot at the, at the end of the day, it's just like the most basic and craveable thing in the world. Well, it is. Are you kidding me? In any shape or form, right? However you want to put it, a piece of bread with chopped tomato on top and you put burrata is bread tomato and cheese uh, on a Sunday gravy in the morning, in Italian morning, right? You take a bread, you take a little parmigiano. What you want to do with the bread? You want to go in a pot, dip it in a freaking pot, eat it and put some cheese on it. And it's beautiful. It's bread, tomato and cheese. I think it's the essential of uh, uh, Italian cuisine, at least a uh, bread, tomato and cheese. And uh, it's recognizable. I think in every culture, you know, every culture for sure has a flat bread, right? So that's the difference when I came in the United States. So in the United States, as Italian, you're proud, right? There is a one great style of pizza, which is Neapolitan. We invented it. We'd, we did everything with pizza. And if you go outside of Naples and uh, you see a Neapolitan eating a different kind of pizza, he will tell you, oh, that's a cookie. That's not a pizza because it's not a... It doesn't represent the Neapolitans. But when I came over here, my mind started to open, right? Because I went back to my root, to my child, uh, ch childhood. And pizza wasn't so, like soft and uh, pliable like a Neapolitan pizza. It was my pizza. It was baked a lot. It was as crusty. It was crispy. And when I came in the US, I actually found that back, you know, New York style pizza. Mm. It's crispy. It's cooked longer. Tomato bread and cheese. And there is a lot of different styles that uh, resemble that kind of, uh, uh, of nostalgia for me, you know, and uh, it's recognizable. Yes, it's in, embraced in every freaking culture that you can know. Indian have flat bread, Thai has a flat bread, Chinese has flat bread. So we all, uh, we, we are all one around one recipe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I uh, I actually wrote a book about this, uh, but everybody like flatbread is the universality. Everybody, everybody who's figured it out, everyone who has had flatbread and has had meat next to it has figured out to put them together everyone who has tomatoes and flatbread has figured to put them together uh you hit on something else interesting here because you're from naples you where where pizza is one thing it is yep. very specifically one thing can you explain what those sort of parameters are about a neapolitan traditional pizza what makes that what it is well, we're gonna, uh, let, let's do this, you know, because I like to, to, to study and I like to go backwards. So we're gonna make a lot of Neapolitan here a little upset, but also maybe, uh, we're gonna make them think a little bit because that's my theory, right? So, uh, Neapolitan pizza is made 
with uh, you know a double zero flour or zero flour uh, and uh, is fermented for a certain amount of hours is cooked in a very uh, high temperature oven uh, which is over 850 800 fahrenheit and uh, has to have some marzano tomato fior di latte o mozzarella di bufala uh, some cheese and olive oil right correct mm-hmm. and then you eat it. Uh, if you slice it, you just have to fold it like a taco and refold it the tip because otherwise all the ingredients will fall on the plate inev- inevitably because you're cooking a piece of dough that weights from 250 grams to 300 grams mm-hmm. uh, in 850 degrees open, you know, and that's the tradition. That's what, what people say the tradition. But what I thought, yeah, I went backward, right? That That's my, that's my humble point of view. I don't want to make anybody upset Neapolitan people I love you I love Neapolitan pizza I grew up eating Neapolitan pizza but wait you're being okay just to be clear Daniela you're being you're hedging a little bit because you know that if any if there's any group of people in the world that gets angry about anything it is Neapolitan my people, hardcore it's my people. It's <laughs> Neapolitan my people. pizza my people <laughs> yeah but at the end of the day we need to understand this thing right if we go back and you want to explore, and that's the part where everybody's going to get upset. <laughs> explore. Refined flour are not that, are not that old. Refined flour mm-hmm. were born, uh, were born 70, 80, 90 years ago. Let's 100 to be generous, right? So my question as a kid, because this question I have since I was 15, 16, it's like, if you're telling us that the pizza, original pizza is with double zero flour, right? But pizza is so, so, so old. So, mm-hmm. so old. Mm-hmm. Why, why, how was made the first pizza when the refined flour weren't born? Mm-hmm. So, and that's what I try to do at Pizzano. You know, I use a very unrefined flour. There's a mix of flour, lo- even local flours, Italians and local flour. And I try to make what for me is a traditional pizza based on my family heritage. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go uh, uh, talking about Neapolitan, but that's, that's the, the, the biggest uh, question that I had as a kid, but nobody can give me an answer. But, and I don't dare ask to the, you know, the, the majesties of Neapolitan pizza. I'll take it from me. Uh, that's my humble opinion, you know, and, uh, you know, but what I find very, uh, very great about the United States is that everybody has a different style of pizza. Right. Everybody has a, an amazing story about pizza. New York has a story about Neapolitan people come from Naples and not having, uh, you know, the same ingredient they adapt. So that's what's beautiful about pizza. It's an adaptable recipe that doesn't matter in how many shape and form you present it. It makes you happy. <laughs> I mean, this is really interesting because I, I think that you're right. You know, the, the tradition of Neapolitan pizza, when you think about world traditions, is not that old. Like we're preserving this thing. I think a lot of people think like, oh, Neapolitan has to be this way because it's been cooked this way for 700 years. But like, that's not true. There weren't even tomatoes 700 years ago. Like that's just, it's not true. But here's the thing. In a lot of ways, the Neapolitan pizza is easier to judge, right? Because it's just supposed to be one thing or or this, this version of it. It's supposed to be, you know, made this way, made this way, made this way. So like I can judge it on these criteria. When you're on a show like Best in Dough, or even if you're just eating around pizzerias around the country, how do you judge? How do you judge a good pizza then, if it's not like these specific metrics? There's three factors for me for, to make a good pizza, right? Good fermentation. You see the gluten uh, formation inside the dough. 
right undercarriage, like you have to bake it in the right way. A lot of people don't know if you use a lot of flowers uh, to lift the pizza from the peel and then you go on a hot oven and the flour burn, that's not very good for you. That's actually cancerogenic. It's, a, it's, it's something that you should not even touch. A lot of people don't know that. So I try through the show to make this criteria very aware. Uh, and good using of the topping, right? You don't want to overwater your pizza. Uh, unless it's Neapolitan pizza, you preserve all the freshness from the, 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 the ingredients or you pre-cook the ingredient before to put on the pizza. Mm-hmm. So that's for me the three criteria. And that's applicable to any styles of pizza, right? Roman style, New York style, uh, Chicago, New Haven, and who knows how many out there, uh, there are. We had people, Jap- Japanese people making Japanese style pizza or making Making sushi on a pizza, which is very controversial, right? And that they expect to me to react in a very Italian way. It's like, hey, what the hell? <laughs> you know. But you know, yeah, that, that will make for sure good TV, one hundred percent. And I did a couple of times because uh, that at the end of the day, my Super Mario is inside me. You know, it comes out sometimes. So <laughs> give I the get people upset. what they want. I know, I know. I, I get, I get upset, but it's uh, you know. Uh, uh, at the end of the day, if somebody make a good job on a pizza and respect this, my three criteria, like tr- trifecta of a uh, good pizza, I'm just going to say, yeah, that's a great yeah. pie. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've noticed that, right? I think that, like I said, I was joking that your accent and your background, I think that the expectation is for you to say, this isn't mozzarella di bufala. Like, I hate this thing. You know, what is this? It's not pizza. But you're, you're, you've approached it all very open-mindedly. How did you think this was all going to go? Were you nervous at all about like the quality of what you were going to be eating? I mean, I saw it in a couple of episodes. There was like a barely even made it on the table, uh, <laughs> cooked pizza, white. I, there is a, there is one episode in, in particular that had me question everything about I know baking and being a chef. It's like, uh, the, 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 the third episode, the barbecue guys. Yeah. And it's this guy, Big Daddy. Uh, I thought it was, uh, one of the guy from Hogwarts with a big pot in there. And the, the name of the pizza they created from the side, it was, uh, like, lying longer. You could have put that, uh, in a Bible for how many names they, they he gave to the pizza. And this guy, this guy put pickle juice, baked beans, pineapple, sausage, ground beef. And when I saw all of that thing going apart, I said, my God, I'm going to have major diarrhea here or something <laughs> like that. I don't know if I can say that on the podcast. Yeah, you, know, you, you, you beep it up. <laughs> but at the end of the day, when he presented to me, it was barely cooked. It's still white. It was barely cooked. Mm-hmm. I took a bite. And I said, why in the hell this works? It shouldn't work. <laughs> people, people at home were thinking, oh my God, he likes to eat junk food. No, but for some weird reason, it worked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the, those are like the best moments too, when you're watching something and you think there's no way, there's no way in the world this is going to be good. And then, it, I mean, at, you've eaten so much, right? You're, you're a professional chef. Like the last, the only thing we have left, like when you eat so much food is to be surprised is to think something's yeah. going to be bad and have it be good, right? Like the last thing that you can get like real pleasure from is to be surprised by something 100%. like that. 100%. As open-minded as you are, is there a point where something is no longer pizza to you? Huh. Uh, I had a little bit difficulty with the um, Chicago deep dish pizza mm-hmm. uh, to be considered actually a pizza because to me it resembled more a casserole or like a, uh, a pot pie that your mom will make with all leftovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just because I, there is a dough, you know, at, at the end of the day for me, it's not uh, anymore flatbread. It's a, bl- a bread that has been flattened. 
it's a, it's a different thing, you know. And you just put a lot of thing inside, and then you cover it with cheese. And then when you when you actually um, when you actually lift the slice, you don't see the dough anymore. You just see a bunch of ingredients that uh, takes over any dough. You can even put cardboard, and you will not even uh, taste the dough anymore. At least that's my experience. But you know, uh, uh, in the in the season, and uh, hopefully if we get a season two, I would love for Chicago people, please, please come on the show and makes my mind change about Chicago deep dish pizza because <laughs> what is that? But it's personal. I don't want people from Chicago because Chicago is another different, another kind of pizza. It's thin and crispy, right? The one that you uh, right, right, uh, right. cut by square. And that is delicious. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. You know, <laughs> I, I think, I don't know, Chicago people, people still love me. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, okay. So talk about what you do at Pizzana. What you call it the Neo-Neapolitan. Like talk about what you are doing there and like what styles and what influences do you have? Okay, well, the term new Neapolitan is like a new Neapolitan, right? So uh, we had to find with, uh, because my pizza wasn't uh, c- categorized, it didn't re-enter in, uh, enter in any category. Let's put it like that. So when we were trying to do something, well, it looks like Neapolitan pizza, but at the end of the day, when we, you pick up slice, it's very foldable, it's well fermented, it's uh, charred, but not uh, like overly uh, bitter. It's actually sweet. You don't use sourdough, you use a different technique. It's called crescito, which is a technique that has been used by my family. Hmm. Uh, so came up with the word Neapolitan, right? And uh, they, because there was already uh, a trend of pizza that were called Neapolitan. But at the end of the day, what I do is uh, a bakery style pizza. I take uh, the recipe that I, uh, that I use as a recipe that I used to make bread with my auntie. I even brought the starter, the Crescido with me, 66 years old with refresher every day. Basically, when you try it, it's, uh, it's like a good piece of panne cafone of bread. That's, that's how you, you taste it. So what I do, it's uh, go back to that moment where my auntie used to scream at me that I was flattening up a beautiful piece of bread <laughs> and uh, make a pizza that was shareable. Because in Italy, in Naples, we don't share our pizza. You know that, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we we mm-hmm. don't share. My pizza is my pizza. You get yours. If you want a slice, you have to pray God or the Virgin Mary and see if I give it to you. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I wanted to make the community, a communal moment that I was living when I was a kid available here in the United States. So that's what we did. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> let me ask you this. We've had this debate on the Dave Chang show a lot. Do you think that homemade pizza like a uh, hobbyist homemade pizza is a pursuit that people should follow like dave doesn't believe in homemade pizza at all he'll give it no chance whatsoever what is your stance as a professional pizza maker on the the, the home cook version hmm. uh it's knowledge right you can buy as many cookbooks and as many uh uh information you can have with the pizza but if you're not leaving it you don't leave it every day. You don't have the, because that, that's how I think about pizza, but any uh, fermented uh, dough, right? So, uh, fermented dough is, uh, is like a five years old child. You can have all the information about toddlers, about kids. At the end of the day, they're still going to surprise you, right? Mm-hmm. So I can control hydration. I can control the chemistry. I can control the pH, whatever, you know, things, uh, scientific, uh, it needs to be a bigger. But if you didn't do the time, and spend 
uh, the, the time with the dough and see why surprise you. And, you know, a look tells you many things. A touch tells you many things. A gut feelings tell you, tells you many things. It's like exactly like growing up my five years old kid. Like if I, I see him when he's doing something wrong, I see him. I see him with uh, my eyes. Same thing is with the dough. So if you don't have the time spent with your dough and with mixing and with the, uh, you can never, uh, learn on how to perfect the crust. Mm. Now, can you make a good pizza at home? I say this, making one, two, three, ten pizza at home is the easiest <laughs> job on earth. <laughs> easiest job on earth. You know what's the enemy? You know what's the enemy of making a great quality pizza available for everybody? Quantity. Volume. Yeah. It's quantity, right? The dough, like I can make one pizza and for making one pizza it takes me 20 minutes at home, right? But 20 minutes, I just need to feed five, six people. But when you come to pizza and we have to feed thousands and thousands of people in a matter of uh, a day, and then you have to control the temperature of the oven. You have to make sure that the, the stone doesn't get cold too much because the undercarriage has to cook right. There's so many variables. You know, I can make a good pizza home, of course, if I'm an home cook, but that's it. That, that, that's what it is. Then if I put the home cook in a restaurant environment, it's going to quit after five minutes. <laughs> Let me uh, try to get you in a little more trouble here. Yeah. Italy is the undisputed home of pizza. Mm -hmm. What country has the best pizza overall in the world now? Is it still Italy? Italy. Still Italy the right best. Now. Yeah, that's that. You know what's the deal? The deal is like in uh, in the United States, um, the produce uh, the produce scene is growing a lot. Uh, the knowledge of milling and uh, farming grains is growing uh, uh, exponentially. Uh, in Italy, there is something that's called experience. So mm -hmm. to get to that point, uh, United States has to eat more bread and uh, make more bread. But you know, I, I don't think they're far apart. If you think about it, my uh, my friend from from New York, Una Pizza Napoletana, Anthony, uh, just won best pizza in the world. And the same, the other my friend from Caserta. Not even we're not talking about even Naples. So let's uh, from Caserta. In it's in north northern a little northern up. Uh, the neighbors, Francesco Martucci from Imasanieli, he won uh, best pizza in the world with Anthony Mangieri. So at the end of the day, it, there, there is a reason why Anthony uh, uh, buys a lot of produce from Italy, goes in Italy and gets study uh, and, you know, get acquainted with the products, you know, because there is a, a artisan that does, that does this job from so long, from generation to generation to generation to generation. So that's the only reason. How about this? Where does LA where Pizzana is, rank in U.S. cities in terms of best places for pizza? I think right now, uh, 12 years ago, when I came in this country, the knowledge of pizza that I had was uh, chain restaurants. Mm -hmm. I even got scared of opening up my place because people palate are used to, to uh, these uh, chain restaurants. Like if I present something different, they might not like it. So mm -hmm. uh, it was a huge... Uh, scary moment for me but thank god it went good <laughs> jonathan gold loved it and gave good reviews and well, like when you arrived but... pizza in la was bad are you you think that's the overall overall like pizza was pretty bad in la when you arrived not necessarily not necessarily there was a pizza place from uh, nancy silverton moza sure sure, so sure she was do, she was doing already uh miracles uh, you know she was using uh uh, fresh produce from the farmer's market, making a dough that was coming from bread, uh, which is kind of what I do. Uh, and it was a different crust. She got, she got so much hate from uh, uh, people. It's like, no, this is not pizza. This is but then the first slice that I had, uh, was mozza, uh, at the time. And I tried it and I was like, damn, 
it's good. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I will call it Neapolitan pizza because it's not, it's not Neapolitan pizza, it's totally different. But it's still good. It still tastes good. And then other than that, for me, it was in, in existence. There was no other pizza place that was doing, maybe Steve Samson with uh, Soto uh, Pizzeria was doing mm-hmm. uh, something something like that, but not that. It was doing strictly Neapolitan. Uh, yeah, no, there was none. But I think right now at Los Angeles, with all these uh, obsessed people that love pizza and they went everywhere to learn and they gather experience, and because of the fresh products that are unbeatable to me, fresh products of Los Angeles, Los Angeles is a, a top three, a top three city for pizza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right. Well, give us a little, give us a little behind the scenes stuff from Best in Dough. Now, I want to, I want to uh, pick your brain a little bit for how this production all went down. First of all. That Wells Adams man, what a charismatic <laughs> young man that guy is. I love the I love your dynamic. Sometimes I'm like, oh, these guys are gonna have like a little bit of a contentious dynamic. And then I'm like, other times I'm like, these guys are the best of friends in the world. What's it like sitting there? What what was your experience working with Wells uh day in and day out on the show? Uh I mean, Wells is just one of the most amazing human beings. It's just I, I think sometimes it's too polite. Uh, I think he should give a little bit of uh, you know, uh, confrontation over there. It's like I, I, I would, I would disagree with you. It's like, dude, just say it. Just don't say, don't apologize before you slap me in the face, you know. And one of the nonna did want us to slap me in the face because I was too direct with her. I, heard, I, I <laughs> saw that. Very. She's like, she's a total legend, though. She also just refused to take on the assignment. That was amazing to me. I love it. She said, that, you know, I came here to make pizza, not to do this kind of crap that you guys want me to do. <laughs> she came with New York water from New York to the studios, she bottled, uh, and she had to fight with people on the plane. It's like, I've got to go on a show. I have to make my pizza. <laughs> Don't give I me this that crap. Was, that was like an adorable moment. But uh, let me ask you this. How much do you believe in like the, you should import your water from New York and it'll make your pizza better? That's not a thing, right? It's a, it's a myth. It's a myth. Think about it. I'll, I'll make you, I'll make you answer the question. One of the best bakery in the country is in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes, 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 sir. So they make amazing bread, right? Mm-hmm. So it's achievable in California to make uh, amazing bread. <laughs> so pizza is bread. So if you know your job and you know how to, you know actually what's in the water, you know the the, the mineral there in the water, the pH, uh, the hardness of the water. Just adjust the recipe, uh, the level of fermentation, and you know, and, and you can have an amazing pizza. The yeah. problem is knowledge. Uh, and back in the day, there wasn't this availability of knowledge. But right now, with your phone, it's one click away, right? And you can learn everything. So mm-hmm. it's a myth for me. Talk about w- watching these cooks in this kitchen. You know, like, it's a pretty tall task, even if they get to come in and make their dough ahead of time. Like, what we're asking of them is pretty tough, right? Well, it's 100% of that. For sure, you're going to make pizza in an environment that's not your own, right? So you come and there is cameras looking at you and there is a, a heat because, you know, people don't uh, don't understand. You have a wood-burning oven in the, in the back, the pumping and cramping heat. And the, the show is like uh, they're sweating, they're moving, they're to think about what they do because we don't tell them what's the, the, the assignment before they come on the show. So there's a little bit of a panic and uh, uh, anxiety going on. So that affects, affects it. But at the end of the day, it's not their environment. They come and it's everything is new. 
uh, they have to be judged. A lot of people don't cope well on being judged. It's, mm -hmm. it's one thing when you make people, uh, pizza home, uh, you drink a glass of wine, you relax, and then you <laughs> invite your friends. It's like, oh my God, take a slice. This is great. And your friend's going to, even if it's bad pizza, it's a good pizza, right? So they're going to say, oh my God, this is good. They probably had three, four glasses of wine. So nobody's going to tell you, my God, this is crap. What are you doing? You know? So on the show, on the show, there is that judgment feeling. There is, uh, uh, the environment is different. The cameras is very intimidating. So it's a huge task. Yeah. Uh, to, and even me, even me, I cooked on one of the episodes and I, I have to tell you, as confident as I am as with my job, I was shaking. So mm -hmm. I, I was, I was shaking. I didn't like, uh, I think I cut a little bit of my nail, uh, <laughs> pulling mozzarella. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's the thing. And and what, what people learn, you know, I think that reality competition shows, uh, you know, people might thumb their nose, but like that clock is the difference between professional and home, right? Like you talk about that pizza at home and you've had four glasses of wine, it's all good. The other thing that your friends are never gonna say is like, hey, you invited me for pizza at 6.30 and we're eating pizza at 8.45. Like <laughs> nobody's gonna actually tell you you didn't do it on time. 100%. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Today's My Opinion is Fact is presented by State Farm. As a small business owner, you want to hire and work with people that match your energy and bring good vibes to the workplace. You hear that, Chris? You hear that, Noel? People that don't just want a job, but want to work with your company. Choose State Farm Small Business Insurance. State Farm agents are small business owners too, and they understand what it's like to choose new employees. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. And I'm also going to talk to the local agents if they want to be a co-host on the podcast. <laughs> Shane, like, have you been having sort of now that like being on the other side, I know you've like been a judge and like seen the other side of uh, competition shows, but like now seeing it from the onset, are you like seeing it a little bit differently making these competition things? Yes. Because when it's all said and done from the viewer's perspective, it's almost like, you know what the narrator's saying in a book, you know what I mean? Mm. Mm. But if you're a character in the book, you don't, have this um, omniscient voice, omnipresent understanding of what's going on. And I think that's, that's actually something I think about a lot of when we create a show, how much does the viewer know of what the, uh, the contestants know? 
You know what I mean? Like there's always an information gap, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's editing, but that's also just because it's now a linear sort of TV show. And I don't know if anyone's bridged that gap where there is no information delay. Did what I say make any sense? I, I I sounded crazy. I don't even know what the fuck no, I just no, said. No, no, like whether you're a judge or a contestant or a host, like all you see is like your part in the thing, right? You don't see, or it's like probably like just being on a scripted TV show, right? Like the, the, the writers aren't giving you the full arc of the entire season. You don't know. You're just performing your part and yes. you don't see how it's all fitting together in the long run. That makes sense. That was a perfect analogy. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should go on an analogy reality competition show. <laughs> <laughs> well, our your our your fellow wedgie Brian Ford is a guest judge on there, but um, something came up on that episode. One of the Nonas had brought water from New York for her dough. Do you right. think that that's that's real? Is that overrated? Underrated? What do you think? Yes, it is real. Yeah. Mm, but Daniele said that he didn't buy it. I think it's real in the sense of the pH level. Yeah, he was like, if you understand what the what what makes New York water special, then it's not like the fact that it's from New York, but certainly, mm-hmm. whatever minerals pH level of the water has some effect, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. California tap water, fucking is shit. It makes crappy pasta. It makes crappy a lot of things. Oh, you know, there there's certain sushi chefs, like for example, Masatakeyama only uses Avion for his rice, and it has less to do with, I think. Well, it has a little bit to do with the the pH and the mineral content, clearly. But I also think it has to do with the standardization of flavor for people. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is interesting, right? Like water is (laughs) the primary ingredient in almost all food. Life. I mean, in, in life, <laughs> in life, right? Uh, and, it, you know, using Avion exclusively to cook your rice is cost prohibitive. But, like, do you think, Chang... Are, are there more examples of restaurants use like taking into consideration the water itself? Do you think people should pay attention more to the water? What do you think? Is yeah, like water that's how overrated got, or that's, underrated? That's how you got Kansue. It wasn't mm. because a thousand years ago people were like, well, if I add a sodium bicarbonate to this <laughs> dough, I, I, I'm going to change the elasticity and gelatinization point of this, <laughs> this, this noodle. Of course, mm. Excelsior. Mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> it, it happened so because. It happened because they're like, wow, this town over there, their noodles are amazing. Yeah. Something's up with that volcano so, water so, they're yeah. using over there. So, What's up with so that? good. But yeah. I, when I drink the water, it tastes like ash. It tastes like shit. <laughs> but man, those noodles are fucking delicious. That's pretty mm. much how it happened. You know, it's all well water and the mineral pH level, all of that stuff. Take everything I said with a grain of salt. C plus, <laughs> C plus student talking. Uh, bring in our fact checker. Yeah. Footnote. Footnote. Could be right. Could be wrong. Plus and minus error of 90%. Um, in terms of style, do you think that Chicago pizza, Chicago deep dish pizza is pizza? I love Chicago deep dish pizza, but it's also just not. Yeah. Listen, I don't want to get in this hot dog sandwich. You know what I mean? Is a ham? Mm. Nobody ever uses. Is the hamburger a hot dog? Is that an analogy? <laughs> no. Is that an analogy? What? It's not an analogy. What? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, hold on. What? Let me check with the judges here. Ooh, I'm afraid no <laughs> points are being awarded for. Is the hamburger a hot dog? <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, Daniele was saying the Chicago's. It wasn't. It wasn't like about is Chicago style pizza. Where does it rank in the pantheon of of pizzas? But he's like, that's not a pizza. It's a casserole. Yeah. It's a different dish. I think it's still, it can be okay. del- it can be it can be delicious. I don't understand why Chicago gets to have all forms of pizza: thin crust, deep dish, regular. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like, right? Take take it easy, Chicago. You know, <laughs> this is on. That's literally yeah. like saying Wilco is a hip hop band, an orchestra, <laughs> death metal. You know what I mean? I was like. No, chill the fuck out. Right? <laughs> just yeah, take yeah. one. Just one is your thing. Yeah. Was that an out? Al- was that an analogy comparing pizza to Wilco? <laughs> I oh, guess. That, no. I mean, let me see here. Uh, yeah, that's an analogy. That's an yeah. analogy. I mean, I, I, how good of an analogy is it? Is up for debate? But it's an. Analogy. I'm on the dance floor. That's all that matters. I'm dancing. <laughs> it's, it's it's on it's on par, honestly, with like the Seattle dog, which is like, what are you doing? Just like claim the stuff that actually belongs to you. What's this cream cheese thing doing on your hot dog? Yeah, I hear you. But is there a style that you do like most? Oh, have you ever done this? There's so have you many ever different ranked kinds. your American pizza styles? It depends on the situation. It depends on the scenario. If I'm in an airport and I see you say an Uno's pizzeria, yeah. Give me a give me a, a bastardized version of a deep dish pizza. If I'm in a Chicago and there's a deep dish pizza place, yeah. I when I was fishing in Mexico, the place we were at. They made pizza in a brick oven, and it was uh, <laughs> it was no yeast. It was leaven. Might as well have been matzo, you know. <laughs> it was a cracker pizza. It was a cracker pizza, but it was delicious. Mm. You know, and, and I think that's like the problem is saying something is the best is definitive. I think it really is relative. But for me, if I had to ask myself what I like the best, it is going to be a you know a New York style. Bianco pizza type of style. Uh, it doesn't always have to be wood burning oven, but I think I'm more partial to a New York style as a, my general love of pizza, right? My all around pizza is going to be a New York style pizza. If I'm in a restaurant that specializes in pizza, let's say a, in Japan or Naples or something like that, then yeah, I'm going to get a Neapolitan style pizza. But I'm never going to get that delivered because it doesn't deliver well. You know what mm. I mean? You have to, that's a pizza you have to eat in the restaurant, at the restaurant. I also love Detroit style. I love pan pizza. So I think for me, what I like the best is probably a crunchy dough too, like because that's just mm. nostalgia. I love pan pizza, which is why I like Greek style pizza. But I would say nostalgia pulls me towards that as my favorite. But the pizza I eat the most is a New York style based. Mm. Hmm. How about you, Chris? Yeah, I mean, if I walked into like a mythical pizza wonderland where all of the pizza styles of the world were represented and I had a single ticket and I could go to one of these pizzerias to give my magic ticket, which one would I choose? Hmm. (laughs) It's like, it's truly impossible. It's like truly impossible to be like out of context and like what you're feeling in a given moment. Like I... Well, I'm wow. ask, are you going to go Neapolitan style? It'd be the New York slice, the Neapolitan, and a Sicilian. I think I'd be like deciding between which one of those I were going to visit at, at a given moment. Yeah. And if they were all like top, 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 I don't know. I still, I think that like, I think like Una fuck, Pizza. Fuck, I think Mary, like, fuck, Mary, kill. Uh, Sicilian, mm-hmm. Neapolitan, New York. This is it. 
I think you could, you have to marry the New York because that's the only one I could Im- imagine living with for the rest of my life. <laughs> imagine how our partners feel. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, you're the New York pizza of my life. It's not that I love you the most. I could like, tolerate, tolerate you, you for the rest of my life. <laughs> Jamie, I, think I, I would have like that. a. I would have like a. a, a I, I guess I'd have like a dirty fling with the Neapolitan and I have to kill the Sicilian, I think. I think that's my fuck, marry, kill. Oh. I would, I would definitely marry New York style. Oh, this is really hard because you have three distinct styles, you know? The Sicilian is the, takes all pan, greasy, crunchy. Oh, New York God. takes all, you know, it's a general all around <laughs> five tool player. And Sicilian is just like a snipe shooter, you know? It's just, mm-hmm. it's a very specific type. So I would say I would, God damn it. I would fuck the Neapolitan, is... but I'd be thinking about the Sicilian. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 I don't know, guys. Oh. Noelle? I don't know. This one's easy for me. I would I would definitely fuck the Sicilian, marry the New York, and kill the Neapolitan. <laughs> I just I need a I need a thick dough at some point, and that's what I get out of that Sicilian slice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you just won the analogy competition. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> But okay, are what are you rating pizzas off of? Is it is it the the texture and the crust? Is it you know how done it is? Is it the toppings? Like what really does it for you? This is my benchmark for all foods. There's a, there's a lot of variations of this, right? It's how much are you thinking about whatever you ate after you ate it, you know? Hmm. And the best way to describe it is uh, whether you're meeting up with a friend, like. You eat something, you're talking to a friend or after the fact, right? Like, let's just say it's like a movie, like Top Gun, Maverick. I told everybody, you know, I literally said, Chris, you've had a bad day. This movie's going to make you feel better. <laughs> he called me to like talk me out of a dark place. Yeah. His prescription was a little Maverick. <laughs> 400, 400 milligrams of Maverick, please. Twice daily. <laughs> and it's something I talked about all the time. There's a correlation. That's when I have these moments of after I have consumed something, whether it's media or food, literature, whatever, am I thinking about it all the time? Hmm. And the, the frequency of how I think about it after the fact is how I rate it, you know, hmm. which is why there are moments and meals that I think about a lot. Peking duck in China, Faranagia Elbuyi, you know what I mean? Like there's moments in time where I think about these things. And I would say for me, the pizza I think about the most isn't Lucali. It's up there. I think about the marinara slice at Savoy. Are there other pizzas that are better in jo- Tokyo right now? Yes. There's now this huge boom, uh, boom like this. I don't know how many fucking Tokyo style pizzerias there uh, have opened up, Sarin Can, et cetera. But I think about the Savoy marinara the most out of all the pizzas. Is it, you know what I mean? But doesn't mean that it, I think it's the best. I think about it the most, though. 
And mm-hmm. it, it, the best for me is always tied to some kind of nostalgia. Yeah. I, I think you're talking about something very specific, but when I'm listening to you talk about this, I think there's some there's a there's a nugget in what you're saying that should apply generally to how we think about food overall, which is if you want to try to judge all food on some set of metrics, that's that's how we end up with this tiered hierarchy of quality, right? Like if everything that is good has to be crispy, if everything that's good has to be brown, everything good has to be X, Y, or Z, like that's when you end up in this place where like, oh, well, this cuisine doesn't fit that rubric. So therefore it is lesser of quality as opposed to just what's the thing that makes you stop dead in your tracks, regardless of why and what makes it good. And that's it. That's it. I can still have that experience with a Domino's pan pizza. You know, fuck. when it's well done, it's delicious. I can still have that when I have Pizza Hut pan pizza, Supreme style. It's delicious. Anything that's properly done can be really transcendent. I believe that. But, you know, for me, having had a lot of pizza all over the world, like New Haven style pizza is amazing. I love it. I understand that it could be seen as burnt. The the dough might be seen as like dry and crack, you know, whatever. But I've never had bacon, parsley, lemon, clams on a pizza before. Hmm. And that memory, you, you can now have that kind of pizza everywhere. It seems not everywhere, but a lot of places have that kind of clam pizza. But I remember that first time having it and being like, whoa, that's amazing. I, I, don't, I, don't, under, I don't understand it. So New Haven style pizza has a lot of memory for me. It was a, like the first real genre of pizza I ever had outside of the, you know, the Pizza Hut's Domino's of the world, hmm. which is why when I saw it at the, uh, what's, the what's the the Smorgasbord and somebody was selling New Haven style pizza, could be great. Could have been the best pizza in LA at the day. But I'm like, no, that doesn't mean anything to me. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Well, you talked about a lot of different places that have pizza. You can get pizza, obviously different styles. And we asked Daniele what his favorite or, you know, which country has the best pizza in the world overall. What do you, what say you, Dave? What, what country does have the best pizza? I'm going to ride and die with this and that's Japan. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, because I'm I'm here's the thing. I'm not maybe right, I'm right. <laughs> I'm fucking right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let me let's let's leave on this note then, Dave. I want to I want to hear your answer to this one then. USA versus Italy, who has better pizza overall? Mm. It's almost similar to the equivalent as a as an analogy, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's very similar to the oh. U.S. men's national team versus the Italian men's soccer national team, right? Oh, you in think terms so? of this, mm. yeah. Mm. Italy's not making it to the World Cup. They fucked that mm. up. You know? Yeah, they I have wonder. the legacy. They've won it, and they have the legacy. But they exactly. didn't make it. Exactly. <laughs> okay. 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 You get points for this analogy. Okay. Okay. Uh, I am going to choose. This is going to be controversial, real controversial, but I'm going to choose America, 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 wow. not because there's not very varieties, right? Uh, there's so many kinds, like, again, just going to Rome, they have the pre-baked pizza. I already forgot the name of it, right? Where like Bonchi style, where it's cooked and they just sort of reheat it. It's delicious. Like the pizza Italio. Pizza in Italy is delicious. It really is. There's nothing... I, I can't say it's like per Neapolitan, like 
specific types of pizza in Italy are better. And it's very similar to this. Would I rather eat food in America or Italy the rest of my life? I'm going to choose America. There it is. Simply because if it's just even pizza, there's more variety of pizza than there is in Italy. And as somebody that tries to embrace things that are new and different and as it evolves, as much as I make fun of St. Louis-style pizza, I'll eat it. I like it. I like that it's different. I like that we can create something that is new, that people in Italy would be like, what the fuck is this? That I like. And you can never have that what the fuck is this kind of pizza in Italy. There's never happened. Any kind of ingenuity in pizza is not happening in Italy. Yeah. It'll be squashed before you can get to it. Right. So if you are a closed-minded person and you want, you believe in walls and you believe in <laughs> keeping people out, keeping ideas out, then you choose Italy. If you believe in oh, my democracy goodness. and freedom and you don't want a, you know, somebody that thinks Mussolini was a great, you know, dictator, then you choose America. <laughs> As Dave switches to his American flag background, just waving behind him. <laughs> Mm. Today's My Opinion is Fact was presented by State Farm. Small business owners know what it's like to be in the arena and actually be responsible for their life's work and passion. It's great to compare notes and ideas with other like-minded small business owners who understand all the ups and downs. Check out State Farm Small Business Insurance because State Farm agents are small business owners too. They know what it takes and how to help you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right, guys. Thank you, Daniele. Check out Best in Dough on Hulu streaming now. Give us five stars, however you rate this, and just eat pizza wherever it is. Uh, it's probably going to be good if it's hot, and even if it's cold, it's good. <laughs>